Welcome to the She Yearns Podcast. I am Cherry Strange, and I am so thankful you have joined us today. Thank you for being a part of this community. The She Yearns community exists to lead women to desire more of God in everyday life, making Him evident and desirable to others. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, I'm just wondering what you like to do for entertainment, for fun. Maybe it's going to the movies or sporting events of some sort. Maybe it's boating activities. My crew has developed a flavor for clean Broadway or Broadway type shows, musicals and plays, live events, things like that. I don't believe we've ever gone all at the same time, but often my people request tickets for a Broadway show for their birthday or for Christmas. But there's so many of us, we can't afford ground floor tickets. We purchase the cheap seats that require you to bring your own binoculars. (laughs) Those other seats, well, they're honestly too costly. It's not that we don't want to sit in those better seats or that we don't want to get more involved or closer to the action, it's simply too high of a price for us to pay. I just bought a slew of tickets a little closer this time for something several of us are gonna attend next month. And I sat there on the computer perseverating over those tickets of whether or not to spend the extra dollars per ticket plus those booking fees that always cost to come in closer. But it's worth it. That's fundamentally what I want to talk about today. Not about Broadway tickets, but about the costs and benefits of coming in closer to God. Deep in the heartbeat of the book of James lives an encouraging word that should impact your life and mine greatly. James 4.8 begins, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Now, at first glance, it sounds as if the relationship is sort of junior high-ish. God is only willing to come to you if you make the first move. But we know from John 6, 44, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up on the last day. And Luke 19, 10, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. And Romans 3, 10, as it is written, None is righteous, no, not one. No one understands, no one seeks for God. All have turned aside. Together they have become worthless. No one does good, not even one. And even 1 John four nineteen, we love because he first loved us. That, that that can't be it. It can't be all on us to draw near to God. So what's going on in this call to draw near to God first in James? Well, it's always important to remember who James is writing to. He's writing to Jews, good Jews, people who have become believers in Christ. And the purpose of his book is to encourage, to correct, and to edify that population of people. The phrase, number one, draw near, would have been familiar to traditional good Jews because it was associated with the Old Covenant. The priest who were chosen by God to be in relationship with him up close inside the Holy of Holies were instructed to draw near with that same language. It was a privilege as well as a responsibility. So our focus today is this main idea, but we need to know the context 
because it makes all the difference. I want to look at the first full 19 verses of chapter 4 of James because he sort of brings the hammer down at the beginning and illuminates why the people may not be experiencing fullness in Christ. These people have issues. Let me tell you, they have issues. I follow Beth Moore on Instagram. I love her post because she doesn't have to play by the rules like the rest of us who post. (laughs) Her graphics are terrible. It's always the same background with the normal, plain Jane font. Uh, She just writes words in an empty, indescript box. There's no flowers. There's no pretty fonts. There's no selfies. There's no Bible laid out with her in her coffee mug. Nothing like that. She's Beth Moore. She doesn't have to do all that garbage. All she has to do is post, period, and show us her dog. If she'll show us her dog, people go crazy. Today, she had a word of counsel for people in and about relationships. And it was sort of along the Bob Newhart variety. And here is what she said. I'm not going to quote the whole thing. (laughs) You can go to her Instagram account and read it. But she says this, I really do love love. What I don't love is for people who don't feel loved to feel like losers. FWIW. These shall be offered in stream of consciousness and shall address Christians only. So she's about to give her advice and it's like a top 10 list. I'm not going to read all 10, but I'm going to just give you the hang of it. Number one, hooking up with non-Christians doesn't qualify as evangelism. Number two, why you keep ending up with that same jerk, huh? Get counseling. Number three, get your own crap together before you marry his or hers. Number four, if you flag over someone and something doesn't sit well or feels a little creepy, I don't care how much he or she claims to love God. Run. (laughs) And then I'm just going to skip down. She talks about in another one that porn is not the answer and together porn so that you come together as one flesh, that is not the answer anyway. And she again says, and I'm quoting here, that's crap. Stop it. Get help. If you're into that behind your spouse's back, you're committing adultery. Repent. Get help. And then she closes with, well, I know I've been a blessing to y'all this morning. This is why I'm not a counselor. (laughs) Well, our boy James, he's not a counselor either. James doesn't hold back when he starts chapter 4. He points out to the people their outward bad behavior, very much in the style of the Beth Moore post that I just read to you, done independently. These people have done this independently. And the badness that they are doing towards one another. For instance, your desire, you desire and don't have, so you murder things like that. Or you covet and do not obtain, so you fight and quarrel. And then James shines a light onto their hearts to expose the deep-rooted issue. These are not fence riders. They're not simply fence riders who can't decide who they're going to serve. Torn between wanting to eat chocolate cake over the low-fat energy bar they need to eat. No, this is not what we're dealing with here. These are two-timing adulterers. That's exactly who we're dealing with. And this is verse 5 through 10. Or do you suppose, this is James calling out to them. Or do you suppose it is to no purpose that the scripture says he yearns jealously over the spirit that he has made to dwell in us, but he gives more grace. Therefore, it says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. And here's our verse for today. Draw near to God, and He will draw near to you. And then He keeps going with some more instructions. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, 
and purify your hearts. You double-minded, be wretched and mourn and weep. Let your laughter return to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will exalt you. Our tell it like it is friend James brings down the hammer, but then he nurses the wounds and gives direction for how to avoid the situation in the future. As I was reading the Beth Moore relationship rant and thinking about all that James addresses, just in these few verses, it became clear. You and I can receive this in at least two different ways as believers. The first way is comparable to severity of the language. You and I are capable of being really messed up. We can carry loads of junk in and out of all sorts of places we would rather be than with Jesus. The cost is higher than we realize. The Spirit of God is jealous for us. He yearns for us. He yearns while we are too busy worrying about our Instagram pictures and if our living room photos are cuter than so-and-so's and if what we are doing for vacation is as epic as what the neighbors are doing. He yearns while we are talking about someone from work. He yearns while we complain about what he hasn't done for us or given us. He yearns in spite of our choosing something else and or somebody else time and time and time again. He yearns even though we aren't willing to wait. And he yearns for us while we yearn for everything but him. The person who finds herself here is likely a believer in Christ promised to her Savior, but is experiencing some, if not much, of what we are describing above. Your heart is spoken for, but it has become less and less responsive to the pulling of your Savior. It's not yet icy cold. You know you need to get back, but maybe you just don't know how. Again, it's not all up to you, and it's not all up to me. God is working. That's what this passage is about. God is working, wooing you and I back to himself. You may not feel it. It may not feel like it, so please hear the truth and receive it. It is for you, my friend. This is the Lord speaking to Hosea. Remember, Hosea is the prophet called to marry a whore, not just to marry her, but to demonstrate love to her as an example for how God loves his wayward people. This woman that he marries was completely unfaithful. In fact, he has to go at one point and buy her back, his own wife. All of this was to give us a picture of how God pursues you and pursues me. When we've been unfaithful in the worst sense, when we've betrayed him, chosen to make our home in places where we do not belong, this is what the one who is true says. Hosea 14:4. I will heal their backsliding. I will love them freely for my anger is turned away from them. It's not like we don't deserve the anger, the punishment, the wrath. We do. If we have chosen another and forgotten our God, we do. But he promises to love us freely, to heal us, and to turn his anger away. And then Isaiah says this, and he's talking about the sin of the people in 57. Because of the iniquity of his unjust gain, I was angry. I struck him. He's talking about the sinners. I hid my face and was angry. 
but he went on backsliding in the way of his own heart. I have seen his ways, but I will heal him. I will lead him and restore comfort to him and his mourners, creating the fruit of the lips. Peace, peace to the far and to the near, says the Lord, and I will heal him. If any of this resonates today, this is your cue. Draw near to God. Come near. Get alone. It doesn't matter if it's in your car or your room or the kitchen or the bathroom or the backyard of Africa. Get alone. Come near. Now, what are you going to do when you come near? You're going to ask for forgiveness. That's what you're going to do. That's what you and I need to do. We need to ask for forgiveness. We need to own our sin. Have any of these verses described in part your failure to cling solely to your Savior, to be singly devoted to Him, resonated? Have you wandered where you thought the grass was greener? All of that, it's sin. Anything less than wholehearted pursuit is loving something on this planet more than God. Ask for forgiveness. James tells us back in the first chapter that he will be faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all, not just part, but all of our unrighteousness. Then, after we've asked for forgiveness, after we've come near, then we need to make a plan to break away from these negative patterns. The patterns that have landed you in your backslidden state. We get there by patterns. Write it down and make a plan for how you can take steps to put that plan into action. And after you've done that, that's crucial. Find a friend to share it with. You don't have to air your junk here. I get it. It's it's not like they have their junk together either though. You need to remember that. It's just different junk in a different package. So it's okay to open up if you have that kind of relationship with a person share that you have felt like you have abandoned the Lord in some area of your life and be honest that you have come near. You have asked for forgiveness and made a strategic plan for staying out of that negative pattern. Would you pray for me and hold me accountable? That's what you want to talk about. Now, this is what it's not. This is not a rap session in which you get with your friend and y'all find commonality in your weaknesses and you're sinning and you get a big laugh out of it and give accolades how you're trying to pull yourselves back together but not really because you're just normal sinners no sinners weep sinners mourn over their sin and then they turn from it they don't laugh over it and find camaraderie and comfort in their backsliding it should make us sick to our stomachs and yearn to be different. Celebrate the reality that you're pursued, you're forgiven and embraced and ask your friend to help you remember these truths. You don't have to stay in that awful place anymore. And then after you've done those things, commit to praying and reading your Bible regularly. Everyone's at a different place. The goal is every day with Jesus. That's the goal, coming in closer and closer. But that may be for you like trying to trot out the door to run a marathon without even have ran a mile to train. I understand that. What can you do to pray more today? How can you incorporate reading the Bible more into your daily life? This is your action step. If this is where you found yourself, if this is how these verses are resonating with you, if this is how the Holy Spirit is speaking over your life today, this is the step you need to take. The other type of person that might be listening to the call from James, draw near to God and he will draw near to you, is a believer who knows these truths. Of course, 
She knows the need to live in right relationship with God. She understands the essential aspects of taking care of her sin and asking forgiveness from God. She gets it. She sins and she comes and she takes care of business. But for whatever reason, this person remains in the cheap seats. She stays there. She keeps buying those same tickets over and over again. It's like the cost of coming in closer is too great. Or maybe you don't feel like the invitation to come closer was meant for you. It could be that there's just no desire to move in closer. It could be a number of things. Whatever the reason that keeps you in the cheap seats, let the record state. There is a cost to coming in closer. You're right. There is a cost. It could cost your time. You have no idea what it will suck out of your days, much less if it landed any other commitments on your plate or invited a complete upheaval into your life if you were to come in closer. For that matter, it could cost you yourself, and that could be very risky. (laughs) But my friend, he is always worth the risk. He's always worth the risk. At some point in my life, similar to my personal battle over spending more money on theater tickets to move down closer, I had a battle of my own in this area, I decided to do the same thing in my relationship with God. I decided to get myself out of bed every morning before the kids got up or the husband got up and draw near. But that required time, less sleep on my part and more effort and all that personal I would rather garbage I had been dishing out all the years before. But I wanted more for my life. I was tired of looking longingly at those people who had better seats. So I made a deal with the Lord because my uh, daughter was a very light sleeper. I couldn't use an alarm or she would wake up and then the time would be gone. So I said something like, Lord, I'm going to do this, but you're going to have to help me. And this is my only solution. If you will wake me up, I will get out of bed. I swear, I have never been able to do that until the morning after I prayed the prayer. To me, that was a miracle. But it was random, like the children of Israel in the desert having to look out the tent each morning to see if the cloud had moved and if they were going to stay or go. Some mornings it was super early. Some mornings it was barely enough time before the craziness began. I was reminded of the story I'm going to tell you because this episode that we're doing right now is going to release on my birthday. I had been doing this new practice I'm telling you about where I'd ask the Lord to wake me up and I would get out of bed. I'd been kind of doing this for several months there in the beginning that first year. And on my birthday that year, like clockwork, I woke up at 4.30 in the morning. I had been awakened at that time or close to it before by the Lord since we've been doing this new pattern. But for heaven's sakes, can a girl trying to learn to draw near catch a break? So I said to the Lord, Lord, are you serious? I mean, it's my birthday. And I said that to myself, you know, inside my head as I'm trying to get out of bed and not wanting to. And as I tried to complain mentally inside my head, I just felt in my spirit, as you sometimes do with the Holy Spirit, sort of an interruption, an excited interruption that before I could even get that phrase out that said, I know, I know it's your birthday and I couldn't wait any longer. It's 4.30, happy birthday. Now, that's not the kind of 
positivity that normally runs through the head of Cherry Strange. So I knew it was not me making something up. And I just started weeping. I pulled myself out of bed in tears, feeling a love that was so real, so deep, so precious, so individualized to me that I had never experienced in my life. Why? Draw near to God and He will draw near to you. The Spirit of the living God is jealous for you. He wants your whole heart. He wants you closer. I didn't get this for much, much too long, but it's exactly what James is advocating. Draw near to God and He will draw near to you. You can't outdo Him. You just, you can't. And the benefits are overwhelming. This is just what I thought of. Your, your prayer life will be more effective. You will have a greater understanding. All the promises are yes in Christ Jesus. You will know the will of God more and more in your life. You will be more fruitful in what he's called you to do. You will be free from the things that are right now tearing you away from Christ. You will have personal peace. You will have fewer missteps. You will have healthier relationships, at least the ones that you can control, that you're responsible for your own behaviors. You will have less and less sin opportunities that you take and more strength, more courage. And the list just goes on and on. What else can I say? Do not be afraid to risk whatever expense is necessary to come in closer. Take a step. You don't have to leap off the balcony. Just move in toward Christ. Come in closer and you will not be disappointed. Thank you again for tuning in today. We will be releasing a new episode every week. I would invite you to become a subscriber. And it really makes a difference when you share something here that you find helpful or encouraging. You make an impact. You may never understand the value or difference your suggestion or encouragement made in the life of a friend or casual acquaintance just by passing our resource along. So please share what you find here with others. I would personally be grateful. Don't hesitate to like us on Facebook or Twitter or leave a review. For more truth-saturated, gospel-centered, spiritually insightful encouragement, please go to www.sheyearns.com where you will find reading plans, articles, and other resources to help stir a desire for God into your everyday life.